happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to the Stadium Journey podcast. Our website, stadiumjourney.com, is the world leader in sports travel information with reviews of over 2,500 stadiums around the world. We just put up our 4,000th piece, including news items, podcasts, reviews, all that good stuff. There's so much information on there. Go check it out. And we are more than just an awesome website. Check what, check us out on all of our social media channels. You can find us at Stadium Journey. You can find audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast by going on your phone and just type in HIAC Talk Radio Network uh, wherever you search for podcasts. You'll find us. And if you're looking for a video simulcast of the Stadium Journey podcast, it's on our YouTube page. And our classic back catalog can still be found at vocnation.com. And some of you are there with us right now, but if you're stumbling across us at a later date, you want to join in our live studio audience, we simulcast and record live every other Tuesday night at 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. And for those of you who are in the crowd right now, thanks for joining us. So the gang is all here tonight. Dave Cotney's here. Follow him at ProFan9. Mark Viquez. You can find him at Ballpark Hunter. The other guy, Dan Calachico, is sliding across your screen. You can follow him online at DanLaw83. And I'm Paul Baker. You can find me at PuckmanRI. And so tonight, it's one of my favorite shows of the year. We are wrapping up 2021, putting a nice little bow on it. Uh, We're going to talk about our travels for the year. This is our year in review episode. So, geez, let's take a minute and let's recap 2021. So when we started the year back in January, there were no games. The teams that were playing were in a bubble, no fans. And then, uh, you know, as the weather warmed up, when spring came and the outdoor sports started, it was it was a mixed bag of nuts. I think it all depended on where you lived. I think down south, they kind of just opened up the gates and said, all right, business as usual. For those of us up in the northern states, there were restrictions in place. I remember going to a Portland Sea Dogs game in Portland, Maine, beginning of May. I think it was right around Mother's Day. And the restrictions were crazy. Um, When you went to the game, you had to wear a mask all the time. That's not so crazy. You had to go directly to your seat, and you had to stay in your seat all game. The only reason you could leave your seat, it was like being in kindergarten, (laughs) only reason you could leave your seat was to go to the bathroom. I'm not kidding. If you wanted concessions, if you wanted merchandise, you ordered it online. You ordered it on your phone, and they brought it to you. And I, I know everybody remembers the zip-tied seats all over the place, right? Well, that, then, they're still doing that in Milwaukee. You have to order they? your food, and they don't deliver to you. You just pick it up. Uh, so I was there last month. So, yeah, some cities are still doing that. So that's the contactless order. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was wild in Portland. And then a couple of weeks later, Everybody just sort of said, ah, screw it. And went, everybody went back to normal, <laughs> right? Or kind of kind of normal. And then uh, we went through the summer and the fall, pretty much back to normal in, uh, in the venues. And then Omicron came along. And uh, while they haven't restricted everything the way they were at the beginning of the year, um, they're starting to, venues are starting to do things like require proof of vaccination to attend. Um, whole leagues are shutting down. Games are being postponed. So, what's next? NHL doesn't go to the Olympics. Well, they're going to need those three <laughs> weeks to make up the games they canceled, right? Yeah, we're we're. I, 
you know, this is nothing new to us. Uh, it, yeah, it wouldn't be shocking if we see other leagues take some timeouts, even though they're saying they're not. Uh, but the NHL shut it down for a few days. Uh, I, I think Times Square is shutting off their celebration this year. If I think I saw something run across my screen. Los Angeles has shut their stuff down. I don't know yeah. if New York has yet. I mean, Amsterdam, I don't think you can get into Holland. I mean, so it's uh, we're, we're going to see a combination of uh, states and cities and provinces and countries just come up with different rules and regulations. And we're just going to have to deal with it. I mean, I have my booster shot. So if I have to show it to get inside a venue, uh, that'd be fine. When I went to the Pacers game, I think that was in April or March. You know, I had to have my mask on the whole time except eating. And if you didn't have it, an usher came up and kindly told you to put it on. Uh, now, if you go to a Pacers game, you you see people without masks. You see people sitting closer to the court, and uh, it's it's a different environment. But that that can change. I just have a feeling that some states will probably adhere to those rules, and other states will yep. say, "Screw it, we're a freedom state." I don't have. I to think do it's anything. yeah, Mark. I think you're right. I think it's a red blue issue right now. Unfortunately, yeah. yep. It's a yeah. It, it, it I, was for a lot of. A lot of a lot of the states, even the summer of 2020, if you jumped in a car and you drove out to Florida or Texas, people would tell you what what pandemic. If you were in New Jersey, yeah, it, it was locked down. I I um, you know, I it took me a while to go back out. I had two goals, and I know they're silly to some, but you know, it wasn't so much the sports events, sporting events, but. I had two simple goals. And if anybody follows me on, I see you smiling, Paul. I see if anybody follows me on. Can I guess? Can I try to guess? Yo, dude, please go ahead. Genesis and Ghostbusters. Oh, you got it. I I wanted one thing for the year. I said, I'm going to do, and I didn't live as a shut-in. I did it when the, I mean, in 2020, I was, my OCD, my anxiety, I was in a bubble, dude. But then you, 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 you filter out the bad and you bring in the good and you get the right information and you calm down a bit and you reacclimate and you, you know, do what you got to do and you live your life. Um, and I'm not saying rip the mask off and go ha to everybody out there, but I'm just, when I went to Genesis, full disclosure, I wore two masks because that's a lot of people. And plus I had an N95 disposable mask. And plus I had a nice big Genesis mask that I wasn't going to let go to waste. So I slapped that bad boy on top. Same thing with both concerts. Both concerts. For the movie theater, I didn't wear two masks, but I still wore a mask. Which time? I, uh, all eight I times. Need you, I need you to go through all eight, eight times. times. <laughs> all eight Yeah, you didn't know that? Oh, I seen it eight no, times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and here's here's the funny part. I hope she's not. I uh, hope nobody's watching because it's full of surprise. So you're, my parents are watching now. Turn this off. I'm, I'm going up next week to surprise my mom and dad on different days. And I'm taking mom to go see it. So it'll be nine. <laughs> but yeah, I wore a mask every time. I don't, I'm not spending, I didn't spend money on theater popcorn anyway, because that food is way too expensive. And I'm not that fat. I'm fat. I ain't that fat. Um, but how fat are you? Movie, movie theater, popcorn fat or. <laughs> yeah. That's my line. Do you buy, do you buy food at the movie theater? No, I don't got it. But I, that's that's the line I drew, I, and you know, and I've gone to other things. I go out, you know, I'm starting exercising and going out. You, you gotta. This is where we were supposed to be. The ones not making this political. And please, if anybody tries to make this political, please stop. Just do the right thing. Whatever you feel is right. 
don't do it a blue or red thing. But, you know, I've done the right things. I'm living my life again. You know, I'm not going to parties with 20 people. The concerts were as hardcore as I was going to risk it. I got two concerts next year, one on my birthday. Just, you know, taking it one day at a time. But it was nice to be amongst the people. I saw friends I hadn't seen in two years. It was nice. Dan, Dan you're not weird for wearing a mask indoors. Um, I Anytime I go inside, inside anywhere, I got a mask on. Look, we had HVAC come today, and he knocked on the door. And I looked through the pre-poll. Very nice guy. Didn't argue. I saw he didn't have a mask on. When he, I opened the door, and he and he saw I had a mask on, pop that. he was like, hey, how you doing? Hold on. Boom. Didn't mention it again. Ain't that hard. But that's, we're going to have, as Mark was uh, saying, we have to navigate this. This is yeah. what yeah. most of us has worked for the last two years, to get to the point where we can navigate through this as safe as we can, trust each other, and take care of each other. And that's where we are. Yeah, it's starting, to, starting to feel like a glitch in the matrix, I think. Why? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel back. like I've been here before. It's a glitch yeah. in the matrix. You don't know that at all. Dan, come on. A glitch in the no, matrix. No, no, Deja I knew what the glitch, glitch was. I, I just didn't know what the re- what you were referencing. No, I mean all of this. I, feels listen, like we're exactly where we were last year. We yeah. know, no, no, it it doesn't though because this is not square one, guys. Not you, I'm talking to. I mean this to everybody. This is not square run, square one. We have the means. And the wherewithal to combat this now, we're a mile, we're miles away from where we were in December last year. Some of us, never, never mind. The same, you know, if you know, you know, but no, we're not, we're not in the same place. This is, make sure you read the right information about Omicron, guys, and just be safe. Now, the line at the Wells Fargo said, no, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> All right, so let's let's jump into our categories here. So uh, up first is best game you went to all year. Dave, want, you want to start us off? Uh, sure. Uh, so this I mean, going through this, this was tough for me. The whole, I mean, the whole year was tough. It, uh, very emotional uh, for a, a lot of reasons. Um, yeah. I, I feel lucky that I did go to more events than Dan went to Ghostbusters movies. Barely. Not by much. <laughs> you give so, me a couple. You give me. If it wasn't streaming in January. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd go every week until it was out of theater, sir. So anyway, I, I went with my best game on the on the pitch, on the court, on the field. I don't know. I don't even know. On the floor. On the floor. We'll go with on the floor. Uh, was actually this month. It was in uh, Hamilton, Ontario at the first Ontario Center, and it was the Toronto Rock 10 and the Albany Firewolves 9. And there's a whole lot of backstory to this. So the National Lacrosse League did not play at all last year. Uh, You're disqualified for the Albany Firewolves right off the bat. Sorry. All our teams have moved uh, in that league. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the team that the league didn't play at all. Like they got to the playoffs the year before, just about to the playoffs, and then they shut it down. They didn't do anything last year. So this was really this was week one for the National Lacrosse League, and a lot of stuff had changed. 
Um, not the least of which is is where the Toronto Rock were playing. So this was their first game at their new home in Hamilton at the First Ontario Centre. Um, you know, don't at me about whether or not they should be called Toronto or Hamilton or Ontario or whatever. I don't. Oh, that's why you said over what those you said. Oh, <laughs> that makes the, sense. Um, I didn't know that. The Albany Firewolves. This was their first game at all. They had just moved from uh, New England, and um, so there was a there was a lot of buzz, uh, and and the game on the floor was, you know, it was. As good a, a, a lacrosse game as I as I can remember, um, the the goaltender for Albany, Doug Jameson, was ridiculously amazing. And I find that in in box lacrosse, when you can say that a goaltender is playing a whale of a game, they're really doing. Usually, it just looks like they're standing there. The ball happens to hit them, but but this guy really had it down. It was back and forth and back and forth. Uh, Albany scored like three goals down the stretch in the fourth, uh, the rock were down two, And then like the oldest guy on the floor, Dan Dawson scores the tying goal. And then the winning goal with about a minute left <laughs> and, uh, sent, you know, sent the home crowd away happy. And, you know, it, it was just great to be, to be out there. Um, and it was, I, I mean, I had another, a, a number of other games that I've been to this year that were, I mean, that that were great in, for other reasons, but not necessarily the, the competition on the floor or the diamond or whatever. Um, but this one was probably, probably the best competition. So my game of the year was the, uh, the rock defeating the firewolves in their, in their very first game of the NLL season. And if you like the national lacrosse league, you suddenly have a whole lot more access to watch at home because you can watch. If you're in Canada, you can watch all the games on TSN or the TSN app. Uh, if you're in the States, I think you can watch all of them on ESPN plus. So it's, it's actually a really exciting time for, uh, for the league. So I can't, Dave, I that's just, what I, went I, with. I cannot tell you how happy I was to watch wings again. Cause that was, there's two of the two of the sports that were hardest to watch after moving down here was NBA and NLL. NLL because it's the NLL and NBA because it's like the MLB app where it's just very costly and they black stuff out. This ESPN Plus deal, which is COVID, is kind of the positives is they needed a bunch of programs. ESPN was like, "Want to sign a deal with us?" And they were like, "Use." <laughs> and PHF, NHL. NLL and I was watching the wings games like uh, I was telling Kelly when I was a kid and I'll stop just a quick aside when I was a kid late 90s you have a phantoms a flyers a sixers a kicks and a wings game on tv sometimes man those good old <laughs> those good old good old days good old days, good old days. I am freaking crowds at all of them. you would have good crowds at all yeah. the kicks didn't last that long crowd wise they 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 lasted to about 08 09 but the crowd had slowly dwindled, but for a while there in the late nineties, cramming then the spectrum in the Wells, Far Wells Fargo Center, hell of a time. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Anyway, they did the, the rock beat the fan, uh, the wings too. So, all right, Mark, how about you? Best game you went to this year? Oh, I, I did see a couple walk-offs. Those are, well, I think I saw three walk. Well, saw two walk off. Yeah. saw three walk-offs during my baseball trip. Uh, but I think the one game that uh, I went to that rang out was uh, 
one of the uh, high school uh, state tournament basketball games at Logansport, Indiana, number one, Carmel versus number two, Homestead. Uh, Battle of the Titans, and it took place on a Saturday morning at the Berry Bowl. I walked in, and the place was packed. It was the first time I was at an event in almost a year that had that type of crowd. There were safety protocols, but I didn't see anybody following them. People were supposed to have masks on. I saw people with masks. I saw people. I, I think the proximity was the biggest problem that a lot of people had, and I don't even think I had my shots yet. Uh, at the time, maybe I had my first shot, but it was a reminder that, hey, things are getting, this is the first sign of normalcy for me. You know, a good old fashioned high school basketball game, nice crowd. It was, the weather was starting to get, uh, get a little bit warmer. I spent the entire day up in Logan Sport doing some other videos and uh, Carmel pulled it out. I think they wind up winning the champ, the, high, the state tournament uh, a few weeks later. But that was that's exciting because you know you're seeing some really great talent. You know, guys that are going to make it into Division One college pretty soon. Some may even make pro down the road somewhere. So, you know, that was uh, a game that I remember just you know taking in, uh, watching the student sections. And that's one thing I love about going to these high school tournament games. The student section is uh, out of sight. Those kids are all dressed in the same outfits. They're cheering. They're in unison. They're, there's somebody leading the chair. And then you got the alumni and the fans themselves doing a lot of yelling and barking as well. So uh, that tournament game in Logansport uh, definitely, definitely was tops for me because it just said, hey, welcome back to the world of professional amateur sports. Welcome back to sporting events. So that's uh, the one that stuck out to me the most. All right. Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit. When it came to game of the year, I have three and two of them, two of them are pretenders, two are pretenders, but it'll make, it'll make sense why I picked them. All right. We're talking the first game, March 5th at the trip athletic center in Dartmouth, Massachusetts, the little East conference basketball tournament finals, UMass Dartmouth, 108, Keen State, 68. Reason I picked this game is not because it was a close game, because it was the furthest from the truth, but got to announce a championship game after a a whole season in empty gyms. And this was played in an empty gym, but it was still cool to be part of the team putting on the game, you know, hearing your voice go out over, you know, on the live stream, getting to be part of the post-game ceremonies and everything. It was a big thrill, which was to be beaten in a few weeks later on March 27th when I made my national television debut doing the PA for the NWHL championship game in at Warrior Rice Arena when the Boston Pride beat the Minnesota Whitecaps four to three. So to be able and um the day I did all three games that were in the bubble. Originally the NWHL was supposed to play their whole season in Lake Placid in a bubble. Uh the virus got into the bubble, infected all the teams. They canceled it about a month and a half, two months later. They decided we're going to play the top four teams, semifinals on uh, Saturday, finals on Sunday. Everything was on NBC Sports Network. It was a big deal to have women's sports on on national TV. And the final game lived up to the the hype. It was four to three. And again, to be part of that whole production was fantastic, even though I ended up starting the starting lineups three times before this. Yeah, but if you didn't say anything, nobody would have done. Nope, because uh, over the that's why I started three times, because you have a producer in your ear who told nope. me go, 
Yeah, and then the no. producer in the other ear saying, no, stop, stop. And that happened no. three times, three false no. starts. No, no, no. <laughs> but my actual, actual game of the year, Memorial Day, Rentschler Field, Hartford, Connecticut, the NCAA lacrosse championships. Can you believe it? Two of our favorites this year were lacrosse games. Virginia Cavaliers, 17, Maryland Terrapins, 16. Oh. Mer- Maryland went into this game undefeated, looking to go through the whole season undefeated. Tight game all the way through. Virginia took a 16-11 to 11 lead in the fourth quarter. They scored like five goals in a row. Took a five-goal lead. Maryland stormed back with about four or five minutes left. Scored four goals. Bang, 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 bang. Came back, closed it to within one with 10 seconds left. Won the faceoff. Came down the field. Got a great shot. Virginia goalie made a nice save at the buzzer to preserve the win in the championship for Virginia. So it was a, 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 it was a hell of a game. And that is my game of the year. Amazing. Two lacrosse games, huh? Who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought? A 16 one was, game with a shot. One was real lacrosse seconds. and yeah. one was field lacrosse. Yeah. Yeah, 17-16, <laughs> a record for most goals in a championship game in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, those championship games draw a lot of cra- – uh, you know, usually draw a lot of attention. It's something I've actually – yeah, I've been to a bunch of the – fun to do lacrosse championships and unlike going to uh trying to go to the football championship game or the final four or the frozen four even now it's affordable we went to the finals for yeah. i think it was 20 bucks a piece and you probably get you're seeing you know the, the country's best college players and you're getting the atmosphere that you would probably get at the frozen four correct oh absolutely it's, yeah. it's always a great time and yeah. anytime you get the tournament going on it's it, well, it's a thrill you know i i saw the volleyball tournament i i know they had Freedom Hall and Louisville packed uh, for one of the games. It wasn't the final game, but the Louisville women. So, you know, you don't have to you don't have to look too far to see some exciting games. Uh, but, yeah, lacrosse, that's something that, unfortunately, I can't say I ever went to a championship game. I should have had plenty of opportunities living in New Jersey. <laughs> I just never took my butt to one of them. So, yeah, something I kind of missed out doing. If you talk to our uh... – one of our colleagues, Richard Smith, who is not a lacrosse fan in the least, he would tend to disagree with us, but that's okay. Oh, really? He doesn't have oh, fun? He, he, is, he does not like lacrosse at all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, oh, yeah, he doesn't like fun, does he? And he's, and he's from Maryland, go figure. I was, wow. was going to say, good thing he doesn't live in, like, lacrosse town. Oh, wait yeah, a second. He's in, he's in a lacrosse belt. <laughs> good thing he doesn't live in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, the area, yes. and uh, those of you who are watching along, uh, feel free to chime in and let us know your best experience of the year. We'd love to to hear what you have to say. But until then, we'll move on to favorite venue this year. Mark, why don't you lead us off with this category? Oh, wow, favorite venue. Uh, Durham Athletic Ballpark was was awesome. I had been there several years ago. I liked it. And I liked it a lot. I liked it much, much more. I realized how important it is to go back to some of these ballparks. Because, you know, you could say, hey, I've been to a game in Richmond or I've been to a game in Charlotte. But, you know, if you don't go there for 10, 12 years, a lot of things have changed. And Durham, some things have changed. You know, they have a brewery there now. I think they it's walk around. You can walk around the whole uh, ballpark. Uh, but to me, it felt more than just a AAA ballpark. It felt something a little bit bigger, kind of like the College World Series a few years ago. 
you know, you're somewhere in between major league and somewhere in between uh, minor league. But yeah, no, it was it was wonderful. The whole the whole Bulls concept and the marketing and you know where it's located in town and how it has sort of a, a lower level minor league feel, but it also has something more than just a triple A feel. It's a very unique stadium and it's easily identifiably one of the better ones in, in all of baseball. I, I might even put it up against St. Paul, uh, the Saints CHS field. Uh, those are two incredible places, but yeah, Durham, I had a lot of fun. I'm glad I went. I think I chose that instead of a high point rockers game, which I had never been to. So you made the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> did get a high point, but yeah, I did get a tour of high point the very couple days later by, I forget the young lady's name, but she was recently promoted, promoted. She gave me one, a private tour more than I can ever ask for. And I learned a lot about that ballpark. That might've been one of the biggest surprises, but no Durham bulls. I mean, you know, you think of bull Durham, obviously it's a new park, uh, but a lot of fun there. I was with my friend, Zach, his wife and his old daughter. She loved it. She got to run the bases. She got the high five, the bull mascot, uh, the gift shop is insane. It's on crack. I mean, anything you can imagine that you ever wanted with a Bulls logo on it, it's there. Uh, so, yeah, Durham Bulls, love it. Just love that whole area of North Carolina where you can just go to a new ballpark every day for about seven days, ten days in a you row. probably stretch out to a month. Yeah, we'll, we'll you, probably talk yeah. about North Carolina a little yeah. bit later. Oh, yeah, you yeah. And I both but, made big trips. Yeah, and like I said, you and I were down there, and we I think we went to a lot of completely different ballparks with the exception was, of a couple. I was going to mention that. We were both down there for like 10 <laughs> yeah. days and hardly overlapped. Yeah, we hardly overlapped. You're absolutely right, just because it's, it's places you – like I wanted to go back to Durham, and I'm glad I did because it really further cemented yeah. uh, how, how much I love that place. And they make good pizza. And that's coming from a Jersey boy. The pizza's good. Dan's All like, right. what? No, it's no I agree. What are you talking about? I agree. No, okay. What are you I'm talking you? about? I agree. <laughs> when, I was on, when I was on my North Carolina trip, I stopped in a pizza place, and somebody from the New York area said, I can't find any good pizza anywhere outside of New York. And I said, you're tripping, bro. Yeah. I exactly no, said those words. That's, there's, that's you not find good yeah. pizza anywhere. You can, yeah, you no, know, there's a, maybe 20 years ago. You could, there's you a place right around the corner from us that makes fantastic pizza. In a county where no good pizza exists. <laughs> this is like we've tried a bunch, and this one is I'm like, okay. Found my place. Yep. <laughs> Found it. Thank you. They still only have steak and cheese. So they're you know, it's a nine out of ten. There you go. Can't have everything. Where would you no, put it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. In my fridge. <laughs> All right, Dave. Your favorite venue of the year. Okay, so my favorite venue is my favorite venue slash experience. Cause to be honest, like I was pretty limited this year. I didn't have the opportunity to go to a lot of different places. I didn't cross the border. I didn't cross any border. Um, so it was really what was in my backyard. So uh, my favorite venue this year actually was on a specific date and it was July 30th, 2021. It was at the Rogers Center in Toronto. And on that day, the Toronto Blue Jays broke their 670-day drought. So, I mean, I was lucky enough. My friend Mark got us tickets because the tickets went out. They went like crazy. 
uh, crazy fast. They only sold, I want to say they only sold about 30,000. 30, no, 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 no. Uh, sorry, we had, um, we had limitations at that point. So actually attendance was 13,000. So getting tickets was was crazy, but it was such uh, it was such an emotional day, um, like 670 days. Now the Jays played, you know, they played a bunch of days at Buffalo. Before that, they played at Dunedin. Um, you know, the previous year they had played at Buffalo as well, uh, but it was the ultimate homecoming. Um, little things like when the when the players came in for the first time, they came in from center field, which never happens. Uh, and they were aligned by two long rows of people holding flags. All those people holding flags were frontline workers uh, at various Toronto hospitals. Um, the video board uh, start to the game was all about how important it was for the Jays to come back. And how, and they didn't, it, usually they interview players and, you know, players say what players say, you know, maybe if they would have interviewed players, they would have said something about, you know, it's good to be home or whatever. Um, but this, they interviewed fans and all the fans said was, you know, thank you for continuing. Uh, you know, this was in dark times, this was something to look forward to. Um, and it's good to be home. And after that, I mean, the Jays, <laughs> the, the, the home records between the Rogers Center versus Salem Field in Buffalo versus, you know, TD Stadium in Dunedin were like night and day. Uh, and to the point where the Jays came within a, a half game of, of making the playoffs, they made a, a really, a really huge run. But it was, uh, it was such a huge day. And, um, I mean, it had been two seasons for me since I had been there. So it was really, it was really a homecoming, uh, such an emotional day, but yeah, my favorite, my favorite venue of the year was, was Rogers center. All right. So my turn, huh? So I, uh, when I thought about my favorite venue of the year, I only thought of new places I visited. Okay. So I didn't consider you know, Fenway Park or anything. Fenway probably would have won because even after going there for oh, almost 50 years now, it's still special every time I walk out and see that field. But my favorite new venue this year, and I'm glad you guys are all sitting down because you're probably not going to believe my answer, Polar Park in Worcester, Massachusetts. Wow. I was actually thinking and about the that. the dark side. I was thinking about that the other day because I saw and, Polar. And the, the reason, yeah, the reason this might be surprising is for those of you who know me, knew, knew the connection I had with the Pawtucket Red Sox and McCoy Stadium and how much time I spent there over the years and probably went to over a thousand games there in my lifetime. But I've got to tell you, the, the Worcester Red Sox did so much right with this new ballpark. Now, you, you can quibble about the price tag which is $157 million. It's the, it's the most expensive minor league ballpark ever built, ever. And that, that's counting land acquisition, everything else. And it's not the project. The only part of the project is supposed to be this whole live, work, play area 
in, I got to tell you, in a horrible, horrible part of Worcester. It's not going to stay horrible. I'm going to tell you, it's already amazing, amazing changes in one year. Um, but the ballpark does so much, so much right. Um, my first time in, I was like, 150. If you don't think about, hey, this cost 157 million dollars. If you just take the ballpark for what it is at face value, it's a fantastic ballpark. They did a lot of quirky things. There's a lot of different areas to watch the game from. There's different kinds of seating. There's social decks. There's brew pubs. There's standing room. There's you know regular traditional seats. It's got it all. But what Worcester did better than anything else, and this is a franchise for 50 years, was known as part of the fabric of Rhode Island. But they have connected with the Worcester community in such a fantastic way. It's really, I guess when Worcester tried to steal the, the team, they wanted to make a name for themselves. And with this partnership, they certainly have. And as you go around the ballpark, it features Worcester companies and Worcester restaurants and Worcester food. It's, and on top of it, it's, it's a nice, cozy band box of a ballpark to watch some great baseball. So. I went to a lot of new ball, great new ballparks this year, but Worcester does top them all. Not too far so from home. Well, it is for me. Because I, unfortunately for me, and I don't know if I said this on the show, probably have Worcester's here, Providence is here, I'm over here. So it added a good yeah. half an hour. It's about an hour, 20 minutes for me. So an hour, 20, okay. So not, not somewhere I can go every weekend, but you know what? Uh, I can see myself going there two, three, four, five times a year. So, wow, okay. So that's uh, that's my pick for venue of the year. So up next, our next category would be our be favorite city that we visited this year. Uh, since since I'm alternating, you guys, Dave, why don't you lead us off? And Catherine. Oh man, this is the slimmest of slim pickings. <laughs> The number is, you know, my town's nice. London. Pretty good, man. My my uh, yeah. Dan went to more cities than Dave this year. Uh, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. I, I mean, I did include Cambridge, and that's where I work. Like, <laughs> no, I I I had to think of as much outside the box as I can because I couldn't. I couldn't in good conscience pick Toronto. I picked that in 2019, and and the reality is I only went there like a handful of times, but. That being said, it was more than I went any anywhere else. Um, but I, I I did take Toronto in, in 2019. So uh, last year at this time when we were doing the year in review, um, which I did go back and watch it, and hopefully our, our technical issues are far better this year than they were last year because that wasn't that wasn't so stellar. Uh, but my my locale for doing the podcast last year was at my cottage in Wasaga Beach. So Wasaga Beach is in Simcoe County. The big city in Simcoe County is Barrie, Ontario. So I'm taking Barrie as my uh, city of the year. And really, um, you know, there it's the gateway to cottage country in Ontario. Uh, you go north, you head to Muskoka. I thought you were going to say it's the gateway to the Arctic Circle. <laughs> No, that's further north. In North Bay, they say that the gateway to the north. And I used when I lived there, I was like, "This is not the gate. This is the north. There's no gateway. There's no, this is north. There's no <laughs> gateway to anything. This no, is they, it. they always said the gateway to the north. Um, but yeah, if you go north, you're in in Muskoka. If you go uh, west, then you're 
you know, Wasaga Beach and, and on Nauta Wasaga Bay where we are. Um, it's it's really a, an outdoor kind of place. Lots of, of um, skiing downhill uh, and cross country, um, tons of trails, you know, restaurants. And to get a little bit of sporting action in there, uh, they do have Barry Colts, the OHL, which I went and saw this year, and as well as the Barry Baycats of the Intercounty League. Uh, so it's, um, you know, far different than, than some of the places I've picked in the past, which are all big cities. Uh, but this one, you know, Barry's a little bit uh, closer to home for me. Home away from home, away from home. So I, I went with Barrie, Ontario. Possibly the smallest city we have had in our favorite list over uh, the last five years. Unless you guys are getting smaller today, it is definitely the smallest city no. we've had. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I heard I went to the doctor. Apparently, I got taller. Good fan. Stand up Man, a whole, whole goddamn inch. Five, six, baby. Hey, a shout out to our buddy Lloyd Rockwell, who's listening live on the show right now. From Australia, Lloyd. Glad to have you, man. Now, Lloyd, Lloyd, you ever been to uh, Barry, Ontario? No. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd's looking forward to get. Is that where Canada's Wonderland is? Ever seen a grown uh, man naked? North. Have you ever north seen of, gladiator movies? North of Canada's Wonderland. So yeah. Canada's Wonderland is in uh, Vaughan, and if you keep driving north. You're going to hit Barry in about that's, 45 minutes. That's birthplace of Justin Bieber as well, correct? All right. Well, burn it down. Vaughn? No, Barry. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Oh, I mean, should, Justin Bieber know. is usually referred to as being How do you Stratford. No. Oh, Stratford. Okay. Well, New Stratford. Jersey? Stratford, Ontario. Oh, Stratford, oh. Ontario. That's Home where the, the uh, famous Stratford Festival, the it, that's where the like Tim, Rachel McAdams, you know, is she from London or is she from St. That's, Thomas? That's where the Tim Hortons in Jersey opened Stratford. Uh, Dan, I'm surprised you didn't yes, bring is. this up, but since uh, London, baby, Rachel McAdams <laughs> is from Boston. She's from Boston. Okay. Good Dave. Dave. You, uh, you should be an expert on this. You brought up, <laughs> uh, you brought up Tim Hortons, uh, yeah, and fact check. Justin Bieber. That's, that's the big promo now is Justin oh. Bieber has his own, his own Timbits. So you could get oh. some some Tim Biebs. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get Tim. I don't give a damn what they call them. I will get them and I will eat them. Well, Mariah Carey has her own McDonald's menu, so yeah, go for it. They could call them the Toronto Maple Leaf Stanley Cup 2022 Timbits, and I'll still buy the damn things and eat them. Rachel Ann to... McAdams, born on November 17th, 1978, London, Ontario. London, Ontario. I know. Uh, London. But wait, wait. I know there's a Boston connection. I know it for sure. There has to be, yeah. She went to a Bruins game. <laughs> that's, that's it. She went to a <laughs> Well, and I'm claiming a lot of damn people. <laughs> yeah. No, I, well, just like uh, York University. Megan Markle, they, they claim as a White Sox fan, but I have, verif- have not verified that yet. All right. I don't know why I was thinking of Rachel McAdams. I must have her mixed up with someone else. Phil Collins hmm. is a, a Canucks fan. Really? Uh, yeah. Yes, really. He nice. goes there. Whenever he gets up there, because that's where um, uh, one of his daughters lives, uh, he will go to a Canucks game all the time. Okay. I have a poster right here where he's wearing a Canucks jersey. You can't really see it there, but that's the background of the shot. Well, if I ever get to Manchester, England, this is where I'll be going. 
Manchester City. Well, do me a favor. Stay there. Stay there. Yeah, stay, stay okay, in Manchester City. Stay in Manchester stay. City. Why would you go anywhere in Manchester? Ah, no, I'm just kidding. I, don't I mean, know. I would Man- probably hang out in London uh, a Is little bit longer. Is Manchester your city of the year? All right, if Mark, I, you're up. Super segue. If I visited, that would be great. But, uh, you know, this was really hard. I don't think I went to any city this year that stood out to me. Uh, I mean, I went to St. Louis. I love St. Louis. I can easily say that. But, uh, you know, that's a major city. That's not fair. Uh, good barbecue and some good beers. And not fair. Some good, some good baseball. Uh, but I'm going to say one city that I really enjoyed my time uh, was Johnson City, Tennessee. I don't know if that's smaller than than Vaughn, but Johnson City to me was uh, a cute little town. Not a place you want to hang out in for like a week, but maybe a long weekend. They uh, they have a nice brewery downtown called Yeehaw. That's what it's called. Yeehaw. And uh, it's right in an old train depot next to, uh, I want to say it's the White Duck Taco Company. I may be getting that name wrong, but they make these really awesome fusion tacos that are are decently sized. You know, they're not these like, oh, let's let's spend five bucks on a street taco and you're done with it in two bites. Uh, This was pretty good. I had like, you know, uh, fried chicken with kimchi. I had some uh, braised pork tacos. I, I had a lot of fun there. I could have hung out there a little bit longer. Uh, downtown was, you know, had some other nice places to eat. They had some chicken wings. Uh, uh, they had some other uh, outdoor, like local little bars that were just kind of in old buildings. It looked like there was an old gas station. One looked like it was an old, uh, another type of train depot. I don't know. Uh, but it, it was just a fun little place to walk around. Uh, it's an outdoors, uh, outdoorsy area in the Appalachian Mountains, so there's a lot of uh, hiking and canoeing and you know things of that nature. So you go there to enjoy a little bit of town. You go there to stay in a nice hotel, and you go there to uh, really look into a redeveloped uh, downtown. Uh, and then you got an awesome ballpark there where the uh, Johnson City Doughboys play, and I was there on Thursdays, Thirsty Thursdays, old ballpark. Dollar beers, two dollar beers, and three dollar beers, just depending on the size. So, uh, and you can you can Uber back to the hotel from the ballpark if you can't drive. But a fun little place. It was one of those towns I would have liked to have had maybe one more day, uh, just to see how things are going. So I was very surprised. If you include that with Greenville, you get all the President Andrew Jack Andrew Johnson. Uh, exhibits and Elizabethan, which has more outdoor activities and river riding. Uh, you got a nice little spot for the family or for the ballpark enthusiast. Uh, yeah, three ballparks within like 40 minutes of each other. So, JC Tennessee, my pick for a city of the year. So, so Barry was the smallest city that we'd ever chosen as city of the year for about <laughs> four minutes. <laughs> I had a feeling, I had a feeling because it's about. Because Johnson City is about half the size of Barry. So yeah. Johnson City about oh, wow. seventy thousand and, and Barry at about hundred. Oh, okay. Well, wow. yeah, if, if you combine Elizabethton with it, which you know, I think the two ballparks are about fifteen minutes away, even though their ballpark's just an old football stadium that they converted into a, a ballpark forty six years ago and have not changed it. Uh, but uh yeah. No, no, Johnson City. To me, that just seemed the, that's the one that sort of stuck out to me because I wasn't going to say Charlotte because I still don't know what the hell you do in Charlotte besides see sporting. Leave. I, you know, 
I, I don't know. I'm a little disappointed in Charlotte. You're a major city. I keep hearing how people are moving there. It's becoming the Atlanta of uh, the North Carolinas. You're not Atlanta. Atlanta is such a superior city. <laughs> and if I'm ticking off anybody from Charlotte, like Jared Goodman, if he happens to be listening, I'm sorry. What the hell do you do in Charlotte? I did have good barbecue, the best barbecue on my trip. That's hey, listen, it. You got to get in to get out. I just, I was, I was begging myself, what the hell do I do here? <laughs> Nobody could tell me. Go to the NASCAR museum. Go to the racetrack. I mean, that's cool. But anything else? Museums, quirky neighborhoods. You know, Bur- Birdsong Brewing wasn't even open when I was what there. If, I was just what so if there's nothing to do at the racetrack, though? And there's, well, I mean, they let you drive your car around on the Carolina racetrack speedway. Apparently, they do. I maybe I should have done that to kill you know, in all made a my dreams, all I've, wanted, a good video. all I've wanted to do is take a 2013 Hyundai Tucson and drive it on a racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> Let's open this baby up for that. One. Would have been fun. And see, somebody should have told me that. Maybe I would have taken that up for consideration. Uh, uh, Whoa, speedway, they were closed. Yeah. <laughs> I, was look, I was looking forward to doing that. Pam and I were arguing. Who's going to get to drive? Is Charlotte, nice. is Charlotte Motor Speedway not called Mar- Charlotte anywhere? Oh, maybe it's Charlotte. Maybe I'm calling it the wrong thing. It's Charlotte. Oh, no. Yeah, I it's was... up in... But it's in the suburbs. It's in, yeah, uh, yeah. It's in Concord, okay. I believe. Concord, yeah. Con- yeah. Okay. I'm going to say fall. Yeah, it's in Kannapolis. Someone's going to say, no, it's not. You know, nope, it's down over. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're very close. They're very close. Yeah, I just was. Yeah, definitely wasn't going to say Charlotte, but like I said, I, I mean Oxford, Ohio is a very nice town. But yeah, Johnson City really, really caught my eye, and I, I love going to small little towns and, and having appreciation uh, for types of places. Like Traverse City, the year before was uh, just an amazing time. But then again, I didn't go anywhere. But I think Traverse City still would have been high on my list if I had gone to several other uh, cities across the country. So, all right, Paul, what about you? So I almost, I almost outsmalled both of you guys with my choice, <laughs> but, I, but I didn't. I went the other way. Um, and yet, just a shout out again to North Carolina. Is that baseball heaven or what? Yes, it is. Mark, you hit eight or nine or ten venues. I hit eight and, or nine or ten venues. Yeah. And I think we only crossed, we crossed paths once. And I think we only hit the same ballparks maybe two or three times. Yeah, we did Danville and uh, Burlington. Yeah, Danville's technically in Virginia. And technically in Virginia, but still in that kind of uh, yeah. that, that range. And I got to walk into several other ballparks and just check them out. So uh, it'd be nice if people had more afternoon games while I'm visiting. Wink, wink. <laughs> Gastonia yeah, the did. One thing. The one thing about the schedule this year is every team is off on Monday. Yeah. And afternoon, you know, getaway day games are not a thing anymore, really. Yeah, sometimes. Every now and then. Every now and so, then. So, I don't know if what my choice for favorite city is going to be cheating because I had a great time in North Carolina. But like you, Mark, I avoided all the big cities. I mean, I hit Burlington and Hickory and uh, Forest City and Gastonia and Kannapolis. And, I mean, I did hit Winston-Salem, that area, Greensboro, High Point. The, the triad. Yeah, but uh, for my favorite city of the year, I've got to go with somewhere I probably spent every other weekend in this summer, and that's Boston. I've oh, never been to Boston before. How about that? Um, and if you're someone who likes to travel, you can do a whole lot worse than Boston, Massachusetts. I mean, if you're a college fan, you're probably not going to find any big name venues there, but there are plenty of small venues to go around. If you're a college hockey fan, you're not going to beat what you find there. Um, 
you know, don't have to say more about Fenway Park. And if you're doing more, if your baseball trips or your sports travels are like ours and they include the city and restaurants and historical sites and stuff like that, uh, I dare you to find a better city. So I've always stayed away from Boston because I don't want to be called a homer. But this year I went on one trip, one real big out of town trip, but I spent a whole lot of time in Boston. So that's going to be my pick for this year. Except for the traffic during rush hour. Yeah, it's it's not a city where you want to be driving around. It's got excellent uh, public transportation. Yeah, so it does. My, my choice is always use the T. If you're in Boston, park your car, pack your car. Nobody says pack your car in Boston, by the way. Just, um, yeah. They do say, come on, sex! They Let's also don't sex. say joysy either. Let's go, sex! <laughs> Uh, did any of you guys see the Simpsons episode where they where they went to live in Boston for a short time? No. That episode is chock full of Boston in gags because I guess a couple of the writers must be from the area. Um, it's it's a show. It's an episode that I have watched on pause, like every five seconds. Oh look, look at that! Hey, hey, there's Fred yeah, the Baker. You know, so far. Five from the cat. Okay, that brings us to our next category: surprise venue of the year. So this is always a fun one because this is uh, on our travels. We often come across places where we weren't expecting much. We weren't expecting anything or we stumbled across a place and ended up just having the best time. And I know last year I talked about uh, getting off an airplane in Los Angeles, going to Cal Baptist University and stumbling into one of the nicest college gyms I've ever seen. Um, so, Mark, why don't you lead us off with this category? That That's a good question. Uh like I said, like Burlington uh, Athletic Stadium, I, I was expecting to have a good time, so that wasn't a surprise. Same with Johnson City. I've heard good things about him. Uh, I would say uh, there's a high school field up in Fort Wayne that during the summer is home to Fort Wayne FC. It's a soccer club in the USL2. I was not expecting much. I said, well, I, let me go up there, review it, just to have a review since I'm in the area because I was at a Fort Wayne Tin Caps game. But they took a high school venue. There might have been 800 or so people there. And they really made it into an event. They, uh, they had people taking your tickets. They gave you a free scarf when you walked into the stadium. They had food. They had a, a gift. They, have, they were selling merchandise. The players came out underneath an inflatable tunnel. Uh, it was well done. And I had a chance to talk to the owner. His goal is to move up to USL1, which is uh, third division and build their own stadium. Now, according to him, they're 99% done with that, but, you know, good luck looking up any information online that <laughs> that uh, mirrors his sentiments. But uh, it, it was nice. It was nice to see a small, very low-level soccer club with a great atmosphere. Now, I would tell you this, a supporter section could probably use a few more people there supporting them and throwing out some smoke, but the fans that were in the stands – did a lot of cheering and supporting themselves. So yeah, I, I that that one shocked me because I, I thought there'd be maybe a couple hundred people there, and I would stay for maybe a few minutes and leave because uh, it had been raining that day as well. It wasn't one of the most nice, but wasn't a very nice spring day. But I think I stayed for major- I think I stayed for most of the game right before traffic let out. I had fun, and 
you know, something like that tells you that you don't have to go to a 20,000 seat soccer venue, kind of like TQL stadium in Cincinnati, which is amazing to really appreciate and have a good time at a soccer match. So Fort Wayne FC, I think it's called Shields Stadium or Shields Bishop Field. Bishop Dwenger High School. Yeah, at a high school venue. And they masqueraded and they put up a lot of signs and flags and it just feels like a nice little soccer venue. Now, the, I would say the, the gridiron marks and the end zone markings are bad, but that kind of happens at that level. So Fort Wayne FC, you're doing a great job and I hope you get that stadium because I'm sure that'd be a lot of fun as well. And Fort Wayne likes to support its teams, uh, baseball and hockey, so they'll probably add soccer to their mix. Is there a better minor league sports city out there than Fort Wayne? I don't know. Well, Rochester. Rochester's good. Uh, Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines. But yeah, uh, Fort, Fort Wayne's got to be right up there. <laughs> yeah, Fort Wayne's pretty good. What about Syracuse? Would they get the, I don't know. Eh, they don't big get college. a whole lot of support, I think. Big college yeah. town. Syracuse. Yeah, no, no. That's yeah, an interesting Wayne, topic for a Fort Wayne can show. make the argument. I go. would say minor league basketball is so-so with the Mad Ants, but hockey and baseball, they, they definitely do draw well. And if this the Mad ever, Ants with a yeah, Z. The Mad Ants. Uh, yeah, it's when you play, when you can get 10,000 people to a hockey game and you get about maybe – I don't know, six, six, eight hundred people to a basketball game in that venue. It's it's not enticing, but there is a lot of activities for the kids there. So don't shun on the mad ants quite yet. But yeah, Fort right. Wayne, good job. And I, I hope to be up there again because uh that was yeah, that definitely was a surprise to me. All right, Dave, your surprise venue for twenty twenty one. Well, I since since you guys are all cheating, I'm not. I'm going to cheat too. So cheating? Who's cheating? <laughs> Who's cheating? That was a surprise. Paul's game you, of the you year was your hometown two years ago. Paul, your Paul, your 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 game of the year was a, a full series. <laughs> My game of the year was one game. It was three games. Anyway, was one. I'm 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 kidding. So, uh, well, not really. I'm sort of cheating. No, it was three. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. So <laughs> I'm I kidding. missed two of them then. February 29th, 2020 to July 10th, 2021. That was 497 days. That was my drought, 497 days. And Mark, you'll like this because uh, you, you've called me the snob before, the baseball snob. <laughs> I know where you're so going. I know where my, you're going. My surprise of the year is actually not a venue or a place. It's a league. My, my surprise of the year is the Intercounty Baseball League. So on July 10th, 2021, after 497 days, I went and saw the Welland Jackfish uh, in Welland, Ontario, Welland Stadium. And, and you had I mean, fun. Let's, and let's you be, liked it. Let, let's be frank. I mean, there was nothing to see before that, right? We had no university stuff. We had no – I mean, I guess I, guess I could have tried to break into – you know, Scotiabank arena to watch hockey, but there was nobody watching hockey in there. Um, so the, the, the Jays didn't show up until the end of July. So, uh, Jackson and I decided that we were going to take the tour essentially of the intercounty baseball league. And, you know, it's been around forever. I think, you know, we have a, we have a team in Kitchener, the Kitchener Panthers, 1919. I hadn't been to see them in like 40 years, literally 40 years. Um, 
And you know what? I had I had a lot of fun at Welland, uh, London. We went and did the tour. They had a little ballpark tour at Labatt Memorial Park, the oldest uh, the oldest park in the world. And you know we had a good time seeing the London Majors. We went to Barry, saw the Baycats. Uh, we saw the Brantford Red Sox, saw the Kitchener Panthers, and the Hamilton Cardinals. And you know I had it was a lot better than I expected. Um, some venues were really not great. Uh, you know Kitchener is not great. Uh, some were were really really enjoyable. I, I liked Welland a lot. I liked a lot of what they did. It, it actually reminded me a lot of what what's going on in, in minor league baseball. Um, you know, they have a, a whole promo, Kiss the Fish, <laughs> where they pick some lucky fan and they got to, you know, they bring out this fish and the dude's in a, in a, in a rain slicker or whatnot. And they, they got to kiss the fish, which is like something that happens out on the East Coast. You know, you go to a bar in Newfoundland, you get screeched in. So you got to. Screeched in. Do they yeah, have you screech gotta, there. They, you got well. They don't sell screech at the ballpark, but, uh. <laughs> but yeah, I we had a we had a really good time. Uh, really affordable. It was like ten bucks a ticket at, at pretty much all these places. You didn't have to pay to park anywhere. Um, and you know, after going, you know, to see Major League Baseball and, and paying a lot of money to go on all these trips, you know, it was nice to to just pay a couple bucks and drive an hour and and, and go see some baseball. Um, really low key. I mean, Jackson, whose own baseball career is sort of, you know, blossoming. He's, he's, he played on a travel team this past year. He's playing on a travel team again next year and, and, uh, is just annoying the world with recounting baseball stats and baseball, what ifs and baseball, everything. I mean, he went down to the, to the bullpen and started chatting up with players and, you know, picking their brains and whatnot. So we, we had a really, we had a really, really good time. Um, you know, the bar was really low. I, I had no expectations, uh, but it, it was a very pleasant surprise. So my surprise of the year was the Intercounty Baseball League. That's a good surprise. Yeah, I, I always thought Welland looked like a great ballpark, and they looked like one of the the organizations that were trying to promote themselves with a little bit of minor league flair. Well, they're so. doing it in a totally different way, right? They don't have this history of, you know, 50 years or 60 yeah. years or 100 years or whatever that, you know, they're, they're the new kid on the block. They've only been around a couple of years. Yeah, then. a few years and, from now. And, uh, you know, it, it, there's the, like, it's typical minor league baseball, right? Oh, well, there's the president of the team running around with the mic doing the, doing the in-game hosting duties and – you know, there's a couple, you could see a couple interns who are working their butts off. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was a total, totally different vibe that you got in Welland versus London, which is, you know, just steeped in It's, I mean, it's like going to, uh, it's like comparing going to baseball at, at, at Wrigley or Fenway versus, you know, um, somewhere, I don't know, maybe Washington or I, maybe baseball isn't a good example. Like going to see like the Red Wings versus going to see like Vegas Golden Knights. Or yeah, something like that. traditional hockey market. You know, just totally, totally different. So yeah, good, good times. Now, now the fish is an actual dead fish. They have to kiss, right? Or is it? Well, it is a Newfoundland. I don't know if it's an yeah. actual fish that they had at the ball game or if they did like a taxidermy okay. job. I wasn't getting that close to find out. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, but you just like wacky little promotions like that. Yes, it's like, yeah, hey, what you do you win? Ballpark? To kiss what the fish, you, let's go. What do you win if you kiss the fish? I forget what it was. It was, you know, it's a prize fish home. Well, that's sort of like, yeah, that's I'll like fish my, that fish if I'm getting money. Well, they do <laughs> like it. And if it's your first time, you know, I guess maybe they do. I don't know. They do some promotions like that at some ballpark. So, yeah, people are getting a little bit creative and, and clever. And when it works, it, it, gets it gets uh, hot and, and people come out and they love it so uh best of luck to those teams because i know the uh that league has had some ups and downs with some teams folding or some teams mm-hmm. not playing and um so yeah it's it's good that you got out and, and enjoyed it and hopefully you can get out to some more games and make some more memories with you and jackson yep not being a snob okay <laughs> <laughs> I get it. All right, so I'm up. My surprise venue of the year. This was a tough decision, and I'm going to go back to Boston. where I caught most. Yeah, no. Um, where I caught most of my new places this year, my North Carolina trip. And there were so many fantastic little big and little ballparks that I stumbled across all over the state. Uh, I think of McNair Field in yeah. Forest City, which is – Forest City is this little town of maybe 15,000, and it's got this beautiful gem of a summer college ballpark, which was built by the former Texans owner, Bruce McNair. Uh, and it's got features that you would expect in a large 10,000-seat minor league ballpark. Um, we think about, I think about uh, Caramont Health Park in Gastonia. Such an unusual ballpark, and it's really the future, I think, of ballpark design where it wasn't built just for baseball. It was built as like a central athletic complex for the whole city. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have your traditional grandstand. It had like five, five rows. rows of seats. Yeah, five rows of seats. Going from third to first base. And then seating all the yeah. way around the ballpark. One row of seating. And social gathering areas and bunches of places to hang out. And Outdoor cabanas for the suites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just didn't look like really any ballpark I'd ever been to. And it really made an impression. But my surprise venue of the year was in Kannapolis Atrium ah. Health Ballpark. Um, maybe I picked this because we got really drunk at <laughs> one of the brew pubs right across the street from the ballpark, um, Old Armor Brewery. Yep, that was, was uh, owned by some veterans, veteran run, female veteran run. Uh, it was a fantastic brew pub. And then we stumbled across to the ballpark, but the ballpark had everything they you know they integrated the downtown area and the branding of the team and the logos and the color scheme and the merchandise and the food all just to me it was such a seamless fit and a seamless operation and i wasn't expecting anything from kannapolis if anyone had been to the old kannapolis ballpark which was way out in the suburbs i don't even think it was technically in kannapolis and we drove by it and it's only been vacant for a year and it's already overgrown. Uh, so I wasn't expecting much. And then we got to this really quaint downtown with Dale Earnhardt Plaza right there, two blocks from the ballpark. And uh, the Dale Trail, which takes you around the city to all of these places that were part of Dale Earnhardt's life. You can do that. It's called the Dale Trail. Um, and then the downtown shops. It's just such a nice little walkable place. And the outdoor fountains you can wade through. All these nice little touches in this small city. Uh, I just really enjoyed it. So yeah, that was no, my surprise venue. 
Yeah, you're right. The, and you can park for free on the streets. And yep. it looks like that's an area that's going to probably be burgeoning in the few years. And there's uh, that huge, huge, like, acres of empty space behind the ballpark, yeah. which you know is just screaming for development in between the courthouse and the ballpark. So Yeah, and it's I like think- a research center is out there yeah. as well. And they also have their own organist, who uh, I found that fascinating. Just love to hear a live organ play during a baseball game and they had their own their own beer that they brewed for especially for the team the cannonballer brew feels like everybody has their own beer. that's the new trend yeah it's like the thing to do and uh i'm sure it's very lucrative for a local brewery to get involved absolutely yeah if you're you're lucky enough to i got a buddy who uh, runs a brew pub in harrisburg pennsylvania and he got in with the senators and i know that was a big coup for their brewery to be able to uh just sell their beers at a ballpark. Now imagine having your own branded beer with the team takes it to the next level. So yeah, that was my surprise venue of the year in a week that was full of surprise venues. That one just topped the list for me. So that is 2021. How about 2022 gentlemen? Do we have any plans? Are we looking forward to anything in the coming year? (laughs) I mean, yeah, Who I, knows? I, yeah, no, I, I can tell you this. I already printed out uh, a schedule for a trip to Beloit, Wisconsin to see their new ballpark along with the, I don't know how to pronounce that new American association team, but it's a, it's west of Milwaukee, the Dock Hounds. There's a new ballpark there. So I'm trying to do Beloit, Madison, the Dock Hounds and, and whatever else is up there. So I was making that schedule the other day, which was kind of exciting. And I can tell you right now, there's not a, a nice schedule that will allow me to see all of them in a full swoop, but we'll work it out. So, yeah, I'm looking at Wisconsin and uh, getting back up there again. I was just there a few weeks ago to see a Bucks game, but, yeah, I'm doing was definitely looking uh, forward to baseball season, even though it's not even January yet. So that's, yeah, never too early to plan. All the schedules are coming out. And, that's uh, right. Let's just, let's just hope things are – we're allowed at the games. That's and if you're a ballpark traveler or a sports traveler like any one of us, you're, you are obsessive. I mean, I'm obsessed with checking schedules. What if we did this? What if we tried to go here? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've already got a lot of tentative things, but nothing, nothing's in stone except first weekend of February. And uh, Pam actually begged me not to buy these tickets, but I did anyway, for the AHL All-Star Game in Laval, Quebec. Nice. So if things go as scheduled will be in Montreal for a few days beginning of February. Yeah. And then, and then speaking nice of and warm. speaking of baseball, the Toledo Mudheads are having their ballpark used as an outdoor hockey game for the walleye. I think one of the games is the 26th and one of the other games is the 31st of December. Debating on that, really debating on that, especially since uh, my plans have changed. That'd be kind of neat to drive the three hours to see a hockey game outdoors. But absolutely. at the same time, I don't want to freeze my butt off in 25-degree temperatures. So that may be a game-time decision. We'll find out. Hey, the Canapolis Cannonballers are listening. Thanks. I'm crossing oh, my fingers. Nice. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers that uh, we could do my March break uh, plan. Although every league that we're going to see is currently on pause. So... <laughs> Let's hope uh, they're not by March. Hopefully, like the plan is to see the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, the Ottawa Senators, 
and Montreal Canadiens of the NHL, the Laval Rocket of the AHL. I guess I guess Laval isn't AHL hasn't been put on pause yet. Uh, and then the Gatineau Olympique uh, for the QMJHL. You know Gatineau Laval, brand new buildings. You know Montreal is just always a good spot to go. So I'm really crossing my fingers now um, that we could do that stuff. But Ontario Quebec is is in rough shape. You know when you guys were talking about about restrictions. One of the restrictions that we have in Ontario is that these is that the venues are not allowed to sell food at all now. Right. Um, now I'm not sure they've actually gotten to that point <laughs> because everything's been canceled. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see if that continues. You'll be I'll, all right, I'll, I'll teach you how to get food into a venue really easy. <laughs> You'll be one, all right, one of the things my kids used to accompany me on ball, to ball games all the time. And they learned at an early age how to smuggle food and drink into a venue. My my daughter was famous for taking a four pack of Reese's peanut butter cups right up the sleeve and just walking <laughs> in. I do that to movie theaters. But too bad her dad didn't work in concessions or something. <laughs> I got well, peanut butter cups. We went to other places besides Milky McCoy Stadium. We just way. announced about an hour ago the IHF World Juniors will go on with fifty percent capacity. Ooh, so. Who, who are those people who are going to be in Edmonton and told, oh, by the way, those tickets you thought you had, you no longer oh. have. <laughs> what are they going to do? They throw a dartboard. You can go. We're not you talking can. about, you know, the World Junior is not like a Edmonton Oil Kings game. Yeah, no, it's that's a tough one. Yeah, I know. I don't know what they're going to do. Well, some games are better than no games, right? We've learned that the hard way. Listen, everybody. Who said we have to learn to live with this? Well, now it's time to put your money where your mouth is and learn to live with it then. Here we are. This is this is the new normal for a long time, guys. Uh, let's not hope. Let's hope we're not too long. But I hope not. Uh, <laughs> I'm tired of this sh- crap. Oops. All right. So that's, that's all the time we have for tonight. I think we uh, put a nice bow on 2021, boys. So thanks again to everyone out there listening. And for joining us and for tweeting along and all that good stuff. So, uh, Dan, if our listeners want to follow you online, where can they find you? Well, you can find me at all social media platforms at DanLaw83. Mark, how about yourself? Where can our listeners follow you? Uh, Ballpark Hunter on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Instagram, if I feel like using Instagram. Uh, I'm also releasing a series on uh, YouTube called... uh, throwbacks um, taking old videos from the 90s and early 2000s and showcasing them so look look for that come the new year on my youtube page that's ballpark hunter all right and dave where can listeners find you online uh twitter and instagram at profan9 uh don't call it a comeback because we've been here for years obstructive views makes it much anticipated return uh premiering next wednesday on the YouTube with a trip to, I don't know, someplace Dan likes is Hershey Bears place or something. <laughs> with special guest star LL Cool J. No. Yeah. Well, I don't, the, the, the current <laughs> arena is fine, but the old arena is where I really liked it. Yeah, that was a nice place. If you go, what? If you watch the video, you might actually see a picture that was provided by Dan. 
Yeah, I was going to say, with, did you use with, any of the- <laughs> With no credit given to him. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Am I in the picture? Uh, nope. <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> oh, my. Oh. Uh, and you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter, Instagram at PuckmanRI. And remember, you can find all of our stadium reviews, news items, and other feature stories on our website, stadiumjourney.com. Connect with us on all of our social media channels at Stadium Journey. Like, comment, and share, please. You can find audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network on whatever podcast app you use. Video simulcasts are on our YouTube page. Just go to youtube.com slash stadium journey. They're all there. And our classic back catalog can still be found at vocnation.com. And join us for our live streams every other Tuesday night, 7 Eastern, twitch.tv slash danlaw83 or danlaw.tv. I got to update my script there. (laughs) Hey, join us once again. We'll be back next year, January 4th. We'll be joined by Stadium Journey's own Lloyd Brown, who is going to share his personal journey to Club 124. And thanks again, everybody, for your support. And as we wrap up 2021, special thanks to Kelly, Denise, Amy, and Pam for allowing us to come on and talk sports every Tuesday night. And so for Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is Paul wishing you safe stadium journeys and close games. Hope to see you on the road real soon.